the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Comcast shares are sliding today, and I was a little bit surprised it cracked under $40 a share. I started doing research on the company around 50 and trying to look for a company that had a dividend, that had a franchise, was maybe a little bit oversold. But when push comes to shove, I personally would rather own Disney than Comcast. But Comcast is really, really close. Comcast shares slide today after the cable giant fails to add broadband subscribers for the first time ever. You know, I'm snarky. You know, I say things that can get me into trouble or right up to the edge. And one of the things I'll say is you can take from my cold, dead fingers my broadband internet modem. Um, my kids game, I game, I we I do research 24-7. I work on television, radio, podcasting. It all comes through broadband for me. So Comcast broadband subscribers flat at 32.2 million for the quarter. Company actually said they lost 30,000 subscribers this month alone in July. That is inflation. That is people going, where can I save some money? This is going to sound ridiculous. The girl that I should have married that I didn't marry, Christy, um, Canadian. I know she's out there somewhere. But one of the most interesting things about her, financially speaking, was she had an apartment in Campbell. And it was kind of a one-bedroom with a kitchenette built in. It was lovely. She had no, she showed me her electric, she showed me her utility bills. I know you're saying, I thought you were going to say something like uh, her underclothes. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I fell in love with her with her utility bills. She had a utility bill of $4. Like, how is that possible? And then you spend a couple, you spend a weekend and you, you learn that when she gets up, she opens the fridge, grabs some food, closes the fridge, grabs her workout bag, heads to the gym, works out of the gym, showers at the gym, gets ready at the gym. Comes back home and says, let's go to breakfast. No cooking at home. And basically, she didn't live there. At night, she would go to a coffee shop down the road with a book. Stray men like myself would come up to her and go, you're pretty. You want to go to a movie? So she'd coffee shop at night and gym in the morning and work in the afternoon. You know, did you see that? So... People are really giving up broadband. People like Christy never, never had broadband. 
Comcast broadband subscribers are flat. Peacock paid subscribers remain flat at 13 million after adding 4 million last quarter. I've got a service and I highly recommend it. It's an app that costs $3 a month. If you found yourself getting into too many subscriptions during the pandemic, which is where I am. Could I possibly have two children that like the same sports team? No way. One likes the Dodgers, one likes the Giants. One likes anime, one likes playing Xbox. I'm like, ah, it's my kid who likes anime. He has to have fun. He has to have his Funimation $5.99 subscription to Japanese animation. One thing about Truebill is it looks through all your bills and says, okay, we can negotiate your your satellite lower. We can lower your New York Times bill. We can lower your, and it does a really, really nice job of contacting the bills and, and doing the negotiating for you, which I think is pretty interesting. So Truebill has easily saved me on finding subscriptions, but would I give up my subscription to Peacock? Yes. Would I give up my subscription to Comcast Broadband? No. Comcast reported second quarter revenue and earnings at top analyst expectations. Comcast was supposed to have a good year because they had the Olympics two years in a row, essentially, due to COVID. But that really didn't happen, did it? No one really cares about the Olympics anymore. Maybe because of COVID, maybe because we're just getting tired of Russians cheating and Winter Olympics are kind of weird after you say luge too many times quickly, your head starts to spin. Comcast is seeing growing competition for high-speed broadband, its most lucrative product. For more than a decade, they've dominated the broadband market. Now, T-Mobile is offering competing 5G home internet products. T-Mobile added 560,000 broadband users in the second quarter, well above their expectations. So T-Mobile is rock, scissors, paper, and Comcast. Mobile substitution will eventually stabilize. So says Chief Executive Officer at Comcast, roughly um, 30,000 broadband customers in July had a loss. Back to school movement may lead to renewed subscriber addition before the end of the quarter. Didn't see that one coming. That's a trend that 5G, I know, is supposed to be more internet savvy for us than 4G and 3G. Keep in mind, these Gs get a lot of press every five to 10 years and they always hype more than what they actually deliver. But 5G is supposed to really help the internet of things like refrigerators and phones and thermostats all communicate together. Video customers fell at Comcast. So things not going terribly well. Every time I think of Comcast, I think of friends. I know you're saying, that's really childish of you, Rob. I know. Uh-oh, Rob's got a vocal fry. <clears throat> Earning season is really brutal on me. Forgive. So yesterday, there was a big piece of legislation being banked around that should have a nice effect on solar stocks. So let's talk about this. Congress gets together in powwows. Congress gets together and says, we're going to do a bill. How much are we going to spend? $369 billion for climate and clean energy provisions. Joe Manchin's then. Where did his about face come about from? Does he feel bad about the Supreme Court? 
maybe. But solar stocks jumped yesterday and today, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. It includes $369 billion for clean energy. So you're seeing the Invesco Solar ETF do well today. That is an ETF dedicated completely to solar ideas. But residential solar installer Sunrun, SunNova, SunPower, SolarEdge, Enphase all are up 10 to 30%. Enphase just reported two days ago, company reported record revenue. I have an Enphase inverter on and a solar edge inverter on my solar at home which is pretty cool all things considered is it an upfront cost yes is it worth it in the long term yes but is it an upfront cost yes so the big players in solar are moving higher today solar edge sedg sun nova ticker symbol nova in phase enph you can find me online at robblackshow.com brought to you by ep wealth This is The Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Worked on a webinar for a review of the second quarter and the second half album for 2022. I'm going to share some social media clips of that with you in the coming days at robblackshow.com. Then we got earnings season meta reporting, but we also got the Fed right smack in the middle of yesterday. So it was a busy day for me. My voice is a little fried. I'm sorry. I promise I'll never go into vocal fry mode. Vocal fry mode on The Bachelorette is the best ever. Where people under 30 think they look intelligent by talking like a frog. What I don't know, but I'm looking for love. It is a drinking game waiting to happen. So what did the Fed say yesterday that got me so vocally fried? It was not a surprise by the Fed yesterday. But there was a revelation in what they said. There was an acknowledgement that recent indicators of spending and production have softened. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Inflation might be over. They've seen recent indicators of spending and production softening. And I go, ding dong, the witch is dead. The wicked witch, the mean old. Who's the witch? Inflation. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said yesterday, these are not normal times. Significantly more uncertainty about the policy path at prior times. So on one hand, they're seeing what they want to see, but he doesn't even know what's going to happen because the pandemic really changed the rule book of how to look at, at economies and business cycles. He thinks that we will get to moderately restrictive policy by the end of the year at three to three and a half percent, and that we will possibly need to consider future rate increases in 2023. Time to go on a meeting-to-meeting basis, though. He's not saying our next hike is going to be 75 basis points. He's not saying it's going to be 25 basis points. He's saying that we're probably need hikes into 2023, but he's going to look at the data now. We've seen softening of the housing market data. 
is that the one that he wants? Because he's gotten the stock market. Process of getting back down to new equilibrium is going to take a while. He thinks it's going to take two and a half years. So if we're half a year into it, could we have two more years? And ultimately, that's what he's saying. So for you and me, for him to get back to equilibrium, I, I see a green sign on the road up ahead. It's not that far away. It could be two years away. But I see a green. Go, 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 go. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said yesterday, we're not trying to have a recession. We don't think we have to. We're trying to do just enough right now to restore price stability without pushing the economy into a recession. He does not think the U.S. is currently in a recession. When he said that, Wall Street ticked higher. Too many areas of the economy that are still just performing too well. He cites the strength of the labor market as not being consistent with an economy in recession, which is what every talking head on Wall Street saying these days. We've never not had a recession with inflation this high, but we've never had a recession with unemployment this low. He acknowledged what we want him to acknowledge yesterday. He said there are two-sided risks to their policy. He doesn't want to do too much. And he doesn't want to do too little, leaving the economy with an entrenched inflation that only raises the cost of dealing with it later. He wants to fight inflation now. The longer that it lingers, the more damage it does to the world and to the economy and to individuals. So the Wall Street kind of came and answered some questions yesterday with Jerome Powell. Or I guess Wall Street got some questions answered is the right way of saying that. I'm liking where we are. When I was listening to the webinar that we were putting together, we're pretty not deep into the process, but we're into the process of a recession and inflation and, and a slowing economy. And one of the questions during the webinar was, when is it, what does a recession do? And I was like, well, I can answer that one. A recession curve is excesses. When I moved to the Bay Area in 2001, there was excesses going on everywhere. The 90s, the late 90s had the, you know, the Yahoo's and the Excites and Microsoft and Netscape Navigators, uh, GeoCities, uh, Pets.com. We created a massive amount of growth, which created a massive amount of inflation in wages for young people coming out of college. I saw this very firsthand because... I was coming from the East Coast, the six-figure job, coming to California thinking, hey, I'm going to be all that in a bucket of chicken. And I was just one of many. So that recession from 2000 to 2002, which I think we could call the tech recession, it curbed the excesses on the labor side, but it also curbed the excesses on the speculation side. We had Webvan, which was the equivalent to Bitcoin. I know you're saying, no, it's not. Yeah, Webvan was up 20,000%. You could have had a massive investment in it. You could have had all that and retired. And then it goes to basically valueless. We had what I would refer to as Web 1.0 companies that were just GeoCities, which was kind of, we'll build a website for every single person on the planet. Okay, okay, okay. Do we need that? Nope. 
so we've had these massive home runs and and pretty big strikeouts before and we'll have them again and in the webinar it wasn't lost on me that recessions curb excesses and the fed can't control food inflation and it can't control energy inflation what the fed will slow us down on sucks credit cards car loans adjustable rate mortgages private student loans and variable rate loans that's where the fed could slow down the economy so now i i think we need a recession to curb housing stock market and areas that the fed can't directly control you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. So the Federal Reserve comes, raises interest rates, and Bitcoin held up this time. That's a positive you're a digital currency player. Stable coins are the big problem at this point in time in regulators' eyes and in Wall Street eyes. Too much risk, not enough stability. When you buy options, you're risking a little to make a lot. When you sell options, you're risking a lot to make a little. Why do people buy options? Because they're fun. I don't buy options because they're fun. I'm not a fun guy. My voice is a little fried because of hours and hours and hours of conference calls yesterday and staying on top of the markets. It's interesting because the day that I want to talk to you the most is the day that it hurts the most. I don't trade options. I bring this up because it, it, it really stuck with me yesterday that someone in radio that I work with was like, yeah, they're, they're a thrill. I'm like, that's not why you do it. It, it was a kind of one of those moments of drama in my head. I learned about options way back in 1999. I got really excited and I wanted to trade them. Um, there's nothing I can't conquer. I can't conquer options. The way people make things is just way too complicated. There's an art to trading the underlying stock that's underappreciated. It's easy enough to lose your butt trading stocks. You don't need options to make it worse and faster. In my opinion, everyone wants trade options these days. I was looking at it yesterday and it's a fad. And that's not a fad. It's a, a way of separating you from your money. I think Bitcoin on some levels was a way of separating you from your money. I think Wall Street and Main Street, I think criminals have figured out ways of saying, how can we get these guys to spend their money and Options are away, for sure. Billions of dollars evaporate on overpriced options, and nobody knows the direction of options. Options are overrated. Bonds, on the other hand, are something every investor should learn about, but won't because they're unsexy and they're boring. Is unsexy a word? If not, it's patent pending. I'm going to make it one. Google and Microsoft have both found strength in the cloud computing business. You could say that they're on cloud nine. Google cloud revenues rose 36% year over year. Microsoft generated 21 billion from its intelligent cloud segment. Revenue from Azure service jumped 40%. Worthy of note. 
Credit Suisse, their CEO is going to resign after a $1 billion loss. Was it $1 billion loss? No, it was a $1.7 billion loss. No CEO loses his job over a billion, but $1.7 billion, you're out. If you were to pitch succession of lenders, succession being a show on HBO that's super highly dramatic, all about network executives and think it's modeled after the Murdochs to, to be fair. Maybe it's got a little Murdochs. Maybe it's got a little Trump family in it. But the CEO of Credit Suisse is stepping down after a $1.7 billion loss. And the scandal was pretty large. It's tough for a bank that big to lose that kind of money. And it's almost as if they got a wire from Mozambique saying that they've inherited billions of dollars. And all they have to do is give their their numbers to uh, have the money wired to them. Jumping through hula hoops, Hulu learned the hard way that avoiding controversy can itself become a controversy. Hulu said no political ads. And now they're saying, whoops, we're going to do political ads. They didn't want to get into the controversy. Hulu's owned by Disney, and Disney and Florida have had a tough go of it with um, Florida's stance on lesbian gays and what should or should not be, you know, acceptable as a societal norm. And Disney CEO got into a tiff with the governor of Florida, and now Disney's trying to do the right thing. They just, they, Disney CEO does not inspire confidence in me. I own shares of Disney, and let's just say I miss Eisner. So Disney's new CEO came out and said, you know, we're not going to do political ads. And then they got bashed because they said they're not going to do political ads. And Congress said, but, but, but you're in the business of taking advertising. You will do political ads. Trying not to rock the boat, rock the boat. I question what I can get away with and what I can't get away with on air. And let's just say it's a lot less than I think I can than in the past. Some top stories of the day. Market soared yesterday after the Fed said it was hiking interest rates by 75 basis points. Fourth rate hike of the year in order to stamp out inflation. Another meaty rate increase could be on a way in the fall. They're done for the next two months. Unless they do an intermediate emergency move if you see inflation headline number at 20 percent 15 percent 10 percent you may see the fed come out and get you know what we're not waiting two months we're doing this right now but ultimately what the fed said was something along the lines of softening that we don't need to tell you we're going to do 75 basis points in september and because we don't need to tell you that that means we may not do that and wall street took that as so you love me 10-year treasuries dropped all the way down to 2.79%. I think that's worthy of bringing up right now. It shows you the, there's fears on the economy. At 3%, 3.1, 3.2, people were like, oh, the economy's getting better. The economy's getting better. But I think we have the Fed on our in our back pocket. If the economy gets worse, the lower rates is the thought. Or will they fight inflation? Which one? They talk tough, but they're not acting tough. 800-516-1220. Teach calls on the air. Any that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, there's a 
flashback card, it's getting a lot of positive reviews. I love a good credit card with perks. I pay off my credit card each and every month. The balance is never carried for. I'm never hit with an interest rate charge. Now, I understand that I'm more affluent than the average person. I understand that I'm wealthier than the average person. But I can tell you, my child, my son, my friend, my buddy, my ex, don't get into credit card debt because you can't keep up with inflation of 18 to 25% on the income that you spent has to be paid back. So Wells Fargo Active Cash Card has 0% annual fee. It's got an unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases. You can earn a $200 cash rewards bonus after spending $1,000 in purchases. There's a really good site for credit cards. Bankrate.com or nerdwallet.com are both good sites. I have a travel card. I booked a flight yesterday on. It's Jay Sapphire Preferred. I've got a cash card that I use for groceries. It gets me 2% back. 1% when I buy, 1% when I sell, or 1% when I pay it off. And that's lovely. Um, so I have three or four credit cards to accomplish three or four different types of tasks. So I've got one for restaurants and hotels and flights. Um, I got one for cash back. I got one for gas. You get the idea. Good website to learn about credit cards. And someone asked me this via email yesterday, so I'm throwing it out there. Bankrate.com or nerdwallet.com. You don't have to spend on an annual fee. You can get some savings and some perks through your credit cards. Just saying, take a look. You don't have to do it. Credit's not evil. Not paying your credit's a problem. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. The Fed rose interest rates 75 basis points yesterday. They rose interest rates. They raised interest rates. Speak good grammar, Rob. Um, I'm tired. Earnings season, this three-day period, when you get Apple to close it off on Thursday and Microsoft started on Tuesday, it's a big reporting season. And I was talking with a CFP late yesterday. I'm like, I sent an email that was wrong. I'm sorry. I'll resend it in the morning. That's where I'm at. Stocks are pausing today as GDP has signaled a recession. GDP fell nine-tenths of a percent in the second quarter, the second straight decline, and a strong recession signal. Um, two quarters in a row of negative GDP growth is considered a technical recession. So we're now in a technical recession in my mind. Um, but it doesn't feel like one, which is weird. This is one that is being triggered. I, I would almost call it a government spending recession and not necessarily soft yet or medium or hard. It's tricky. It's okay because it helps curb the excesses that the Federal Reserve can't. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates 75 basis points. Today, there's a lot of headline news out there, but the recession call is going to be one that people talk about at the water cooler. Senate Democrats today said they want to include $21 billion in new spending on COVID-19 monkeypox vaccines and treatments as part of the year-end funding bill. So yeah, um, COVID is looking like it's going to be part of our flu shot routine that we do every year and or not. Thus, some long-term winners 
Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, Merck, amongst others. JetBlue reached a deal to buy Spirit for three point eight billion. I had high hopes for JetBlue. At one point in time, they were an airline that did a lot of direct flights to places that I wanted to go. And through the years, it just kind of became like every other airline. A big bus in the sky. So Spirit's termination with Frontier Airlines is the fallout of JetBlue going after Spirit. Who's Frontier's next partner? I don't know if there is one at this point in time. Literally the last company without a dance partner? Kind of. The airline industry is all consolidated up at this point in time. The EU said something interesting today that is not going to make headlines, unlike the recession headlines that will be out there. But the EU said they could create a unit to enforce antitrust regulations. Bad news for Apple. Bad news for Amazon, Twitter, Google, Microsoft, and more. If you're a big tech company like a meta, this is not good news. The EU is like the United States conscience. We all see what Facebook and Amazon and Google and Apple are doing, and we're letting them get away with it. Sometimes because we invest in that area. Whereas the EU is like, those jobs are not in our country. We will penalize you. You are bad people. That's my French Algerian accent, I believe, if you're studying up on raw black accents. Meta stock is in the news today. Disappointing results, weak forecast. Just, you know, jumping through it. And, and I, I think this is the question that I want to ans- ask with Facebook at this point in time. Are we done with it? Have we used it up, balled it up, and time to throw it away? It's going to linger. But are the best days of meta behind it? It feels like they are. It feels like talking about ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox now. Now, Meta used to be known as Facebook, and Facebook was a desktop program, and it became a mobile app. And the mobile app is where it took off. But short-form video kind of beat Facebook and Instagram. So Instagram was just basically a copycat of Snap. Nothing that Facebook has done has been original. So CEO Mark Zuckerberg is panicked and he wants to be known as the guy who can do something original. So he's throwing a lot of resources at what are called reality labs. I.e. that's where the Oculus Rift and its augmented reality virtual reality headset lives. Reality labs had an operating loss of $2.8 billion. Had revenue of $452 million. $452 million in revenue, $2.8 billion in losses. Hmm. How long is that going to hold up? So in 90 days, you lose $2.8 billion. Let's just times that by four and call it a year and say they're on pace to lose over $10 billion this year on virtual reality. At some point in time, people are going to look at Mark Zuckerberg and go, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? Mr. T, what are you, a fool? So Meta said Facebook active users, monthly active users, were $2.9 billion. That used to get people excited, but it's up just 1%. Um, unless there's a baby boom, there's nothing Facebook can do. While daily active users rose 3% to $1.97 billion. 
when Facebook sees something like Snap, they go, oh, we'll do Instagram. And when they see something up and coming like WhatsApp, they're like, oh, we'll acquire them. They're not a very friendly company. And now they're trying desperately to go after TikTok all while, no. Zuckerberg has lost the faith of parents in how his apps interact with our children. And yet the funniest part about this is TikTok is owned by the Chinese. And we know that they're taking data and using it against us. And we know that that's not a big secret. Very strange times, if you ask me. Solar stocks are climbing day on a climate spending deal. Solar stocks jumped after the Senate said they've reached a deal on what would be the most ambitious spending on climate ever in the United States history. It's the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. It's including $369 billion for clean energy. Um, the players are Invesco Solar ETF, Solar Edge, Sun Nova, Enphase, First Solar, and Sunrun. They're all up 10% plus today. Provisions for electric vehicles, hydrogen, nuclear power, all included. This is a big, we're looking at you oil kind of play, right? I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.